0: Pursuit Of Podcast, a purely guest-centric show focusing on people and organizations that advance positive change. Positivity can be anywhere, and in a time of vast discord, The Pursuit Of is finding those who champion its causes loudest. Join us as we sit and learn about the pursuits of local leaders in their community. Let's go.
1: Hello, good people, and welcome to The Pursuit Of Podcast, where it's truly not us, it's you. I'm Ryan Buck, Artist Development, New Lettered Media. With me is the boss, Mark Wilson, President, New Letter and Media. How are you, sir? Uh, Ryan,
0: I'm doing great, man. You it, look so good. I love good. this hat. It matches it everything. way
1: enough about us. I'm embarrassed, really. <laughs> uh, I'm embarrassed for both of us. More importantly, our guest today is Dina Jarity, Executive Director, Paddle Antrim. How are you?
2: I'm really good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks Thank for having you. me.
1: We're excited to have you here, and ahead of this... I'm just going to air it. I was stressing out about how to say Antrim. And you assured me that there's really no, it's no, not a big deal. Variance is fine.
2: Variance is fine. It's We all said good. it okay.
1: <laughs> you, good. Perfect. Well, I, I've, I've started ask with a question at the top recently that I've really become fond with. And if, if Mark's okay, I just kind of want to start with this. Envision yourself. You're at a party. We, we do that now. We're just we talking do. about seeing people again. Okay. So you are at a party. And somebody comes up to you and says, What do you do? What's the response?
2: I say I'm Dina Jardy. I'm the executive director of Paddle Antrim. Our mission is to protect our waterways by connecting people to them through Paddle Sports.
1: So do you go and do you go into the the formal? That was that was good. And that was really well done.
2: Depends on what if it's a business engagement, right? Oh, That's like Okay.
1: Because I was really drawn in by that. You said a couple of things that I think are really unique. And so let's say you have a a circle of people around you at this party now. You've gotten people interested. What kind of questions do you get? And are they typically good ones?
2: Always good questions. There is no bad
1: question, right? right?
2: So it's always fun to to kind of talk and hear what people's perspective is. We get a lot of paddle answering. Oh, I've heard of that event. And people think of us as an event because we do have a big event that we do in September. So there's a lot of like. Oh, you're an event. It's like, well, actually, we're a nonprofit that just a little bit more. And so there's always a little bit of surprise with that, that we're more than just an event. Um, and so that's kind of how we started. And so we get a lot of that still. Yeah.
1: Does Does the word nonprofit come up? And then do you have to further explain that? Or are people here in Traverse City they are like, oh, yeah, we've heard of those?
2: I feel like nonprofits people get. So there's a lot of great organizations. Or I should say Traverse
1: Traverse City and the area. in the area, and the region.
2: So I feel like there's a lot of great nonprofits doing work in this area that most people have a good understanding of the breadth of the work that nonprofits can do.
1: Right. And you say water. That's always, that's a big, I I don't know. It's a a topic of love. It's a topic of passion. It's a topic of fire and fuel and sometimes anger. But is, is it, and this is something that you're passionate about. Do you get strayed off mission a lot because water is fundamental to what you do? Some of these questions just draw you off topic.
2: They stay focused on water. And for the most part, our conversations are happy about water. Like we're engaging. We're talking about stewardship. People talk about the loons or because I say paddling, it's like, oh, where can I go? Right. What will I get to see? Where can I camp along the way? I get that a lot.
1: Well, you're a Midwesterner. Uh, You've been other places. But what does being a Midwesterner mean? to you? Or do you even surmise yourself that way?
2: I don't really think of myself right as that. I grew up in Chicago and spent my time and then I moved out west and I really enjoyed it. But I guess coming back after living out west for over 13 years, it does feel more like home to be while I'm in Michigan. I still feel like it's more home living in this area than out there.
0: Were you told you had an accent when you were out west?
2: I talked too fast.
0: Is that what it is? That's yeah. that's what yeah. I was
2: told when I moved out west. They're like, "Oh, you're not from here. You really talk too yeah, fast." Yeah. I'm a, like, uh,
0: "Okay." On a remote recording recently, the um <laughs> the director had like no, I, I, don't, I don't know what the word is. She just didn't hold back. She heard me talk. She was like, "Oh, wow, oh, <laughs> don't you know?" I was like, "That I sound like that?" Wow, <laughs> like
1: well, at least you you weren't <laughs> accused of being inarticulate an or anything. You were just speaking with rapidity like, and. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness! Would you say that right now for you and Paddle Antrim is it a very exciting time? Is it a very focused time? What kind of time is it for you right now?
2: It is a really exciting time for us right okay. now. So we've been working on the Chain of Lakes Water Trail since our inception. So, and in 2021 we finally opened the water trail. So that was a really big momentous event. And then this year. Um, we just received funding and almost a million dollars in funding to do improvements in Elk Rapids at Rotary Park. So it's a really fun, exciting time and big changes happening wow. in our area. Okay,
1: So you're saying funding and changes, you know, you receive funding, you also give money. So is is that something that's really taking place at a certain time of year? Is that an end-of-year thing or is that something that it goes on continually throughout the year?
2: Yeah, as a nonprofit, it's not... Typical, I think, for people to give out money. But right. when, we, when the organization started, the board, it's a great board that we've had from the beginning. And they said, you know, we have a really big mission to protect the waterways and connect people through paddle sports, right? Big, over Chain of Lakes area, large area, four counties it touches. And so they're like, how can we make sure that we're, you know, kind of doing our part? Because we're a small organization, volunteer board, part-time staff how can we do that? And so the board came up with, we do this big event in September. And as part of that event, we give back a certain portion of that uh, special events income through grants. And so we've been doing that since our inception in 2015, these grants, these mini grants. And as an organization, have awarded over $30,000 to local organizations on projects that align with our mission. So the projects that we align with help us Achieve our mission in working and collaborating with other partners, which is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Wow. Why, why do you do that? You don't have to. No. No. You clearly You're... don't have to. Yes. And, and and you know I not to put a fine a point on it, and you can agree or disagree, but nonprofits need every dollar. For sure. There's a there's a misconception that nonprofits don't need money, that no need to raise money. So it feels good to do. It aligns you with. Is it just good good vibes?
2: You know, I'm really, very
1: fascinated. It could be just that.
2: There's definitely right. It's great to be able to, you know, give out a little bit of of what we do. And but it was a, it was really from the beginning something that was important to the board. And I fully support it is working with and helping us collaborate with others who are doing work that aligns with the work. We can never do it all, obviously. And so it helps us. A, be able to align with partners. We're not, you know, advocating for anything. We're just like this project aligns with our work. Awesome. Let's let's be able to do it. And we've done a variety of different things, whether it's water quality, to working on accessibility projects, working on projects with Grass River on them and their stream building table. So a variety yeah. of things. Working with our emergency responders who help us. Right, as paddlers, we're out in the water and we depend on emergency responders to be there if we need them. So just on all facets of what we do.
1: This is good. People need to be aware. And it's great to know all the different facets, partnerships that you need to forge. Now you uh, received your BS in biology and environmental science from Carroll University. That's in Wisconsin, which is interesting. And you said you came up in Chicago. Isn't Wisconsin kind of an unofficial Michigan rival in a way, at least for Chicago tourism dollars, right? For
2: For sure. So
1: I know we rival with Ohio. But I, I, shouldn't we beef with Wisconsin, maybe, just for fun? <laughs> I, maybe I shouldn't say that to you. Cool. Um, what but
0: do you do on Thanksgiving?
1: On Thanksgiving? Yeah. I, um, you, you don't watch the Lions and the Packers? I'm ashamed, generally. <laughs> oh,
0: <but. laughs> um, well, miigwech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Um, but you, you've worked in Washington State. You coordinated a nonprofit in the Mojave Desert. And you've been in, in Traverse City since 2012. What was the dream? the plan and the reality
2: Hmm. for you? Yeah. So the dream and getting out of college was I wanted to go outside and play. I just wanted (laughs) to play outside, right?
1: (laughs) Pull quote from the episode.
2: (laughs) For sure, right? Environmental degree, do field work, things like that. Um, So that was my goal. And so then I moved out West and did not do that at all. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> you I moved, mean you didn't play?
2: I, I definitely played. I moved to Flagstaff as soon oh. as I graduated. And so I got <laughs> there, no job, no nothing. And I went to the bank to open an account because, you know, that's what you do. And the guy behind the counter said, oh, well, I have a PhD in geology and I work at a bank. He said, good luck getting a job. <laughs> Like, what a motivator. Awesome, right? what, do you wow. remember his name? Do no. you celebrate him every day? <laughs> right. But I, I ended up not working in my field. I couldn't even get admin in my field. And so I worked in a group home, which I love. And so that lasted about a year. Um, mm. And then I kind of just moved on to other places out west, did a little bit of field work in Colorado. And then when I landed in Washington, I decided I wanted to do policy.
1: Is that where things came alive? Yeah. It kind of when you read you, read about you. That's kind of where things came alive and and you were senior policy advisor for the Washington State Department of Health, I think relatively early in your career, yeah. you know that's a big position and 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 you you were there for a time. How did you achieve that position, and what did it give to you, and what did it take away from you?
2: Yeah, so when I first got to Washington, I was thankful I ended up getting an interview at a field office. I didn't get the job doing water quality two months later the manager called me back he said i have a job doing conservation work and trying to encourage public utilities to do conservation voluntarily right have them save water voluntarily he's like do you want the job i'm like awesome right
1: is that how it works do you want the job does that happen did you shake hands he invited to interview? I interviewed. (laughs) And that was it? So
2: I I came in and interviewed, right? He encouraged, he he called me and I interviewed, I got the job. And I did that for a little bit and then started doing planning. So in Washington, water resources planning is very different. The water systems do a lot more detailed planning. And so I worked in that aspect. And during that time though, there was legislation that was passed that required water systems to do conservation. And so there was a A stakeholder group that was convened that was going to make this into rules. Right. So the legislator said, you're going to make people do this. And so we convened a stakeholder group to do this. Mm -hmm. And because that's what I had been doing right for the last, I guess, four years, not very long as a young 20 something. um, They're like, awesome. You should come help with this lobby group. Right. Of lobbyists. So there are 25 people around the table. And so I learned really Did you early have a concept
1: on concept of what a lobby group was at no, that time. Uh, or what with was
2: lobbyists. It? So there were lobbyists for the water public utilities. The tribes were also there. The environmental groups, right? So there are twenty five very diverse people trying to write rules and trying to make it happen, and it was awesome. I loved it. So uh,
0: wow, I see I will the joy in your face. Yeah. Wow. So I, I was going to ask before you you mentioned law coming out, but how difficult it was to get any utilities to willingly do things for the water before then. (laughs) (laughs) When it was voluntary? And when you just try um, to get it to do it because it's the right thing to do.
2: Voluntary stuff, not so easy. Like some things I could say, look, this is going to ROI, right? You know what I mean? Very business sensey." But Uh just doing it for the right things, no. Which is why legislators passed a law requiring them to do it. So um,
0: you make me think of the Ludington Pump Storage and Great Lakes Fisheries Trust and everything it takes to get them to understand you're killing all these fish and you're yeah. <laughs> doing this to the water. Like, yeah. you need to. Well, this kind is, of this back is to big waterways. stuff.
1: And, and like you said, and, and to your own credit, you were very young. Did you realize the implications of what you were doing at that time? Or was it so frantic that you were just trying to hold on?
2: I realized that. It was um, to have me in that position, right? I'm a young twenty something female, the people who lobby for utilities, as you can probably guess, older white gentlemen, right, in the room. And so, it, wow, it, yeah. it was it was really mm-hmm. interesting, but I love being able to just try and fit the pieces together, right? Hear all the voices, get people to agree and come to consensus. So I realized that's what I enjoyed doing. I liked the stakeholder work. I enjoyed listening to people and trying to get people to convene and collaborate. So that's what I learned from that experience. Like that finds, it makes me happy.
1: Who who created this passionate person sitting here? Who, is there a person, a movie, a song, a watershed moment? Like, cause I don't know, I don't know. We, we, we talk to a lot of passionate people, but I don't always talk to a lot of passionate people. So who did this? Oh. Um. Is it you? I mean, because I feel a lot coming from within, but was there anybody along the way that just kind of really made that, you know, come alive, as we said?
2: You know, I, I have supportive family behind me, right, that I grew up with and supported me in everything that I did. And so it's just having that confidence, right, and I can do it to, yeah.
1: Well, you, you mentioned the Channel Lakes Water Trail. This is the most fascinating part of this, and I, I hate to maybe bury a lead, but there's more trails than on the land. How about that? It, are, do you like when aha moments happen for people? Happen for this guy. Um, so the path to understand and recognize the Chain of Lakes water trail. A big theme here is a lot of years, a lot of commitment, a lot of time to get this success. So I think people need to understand that. It's one of only eight designated water trails in the state. Nineteen different entities involved in making this happen. Bunch of different nonprofits. So you apparently were trained to do this.
2: Yeah, it, it fits with what I like, right? It's collaborating, bringing people together and getting them to agree on a common thing. And it's the water trail. And so to have 19 different governmental and nonprofit entities like agree to something was pretty awesome. To have those townships and villages and county be like, yes, we want to do this together.
1: OK, so if you may throw a little insider baseball out there. It, it, and you share as much as you want. What's the key to success in this? It, again, if you say, well, it, it's like Andy Duprain breaking out of prison in Shawshank. It just takes time and energy and erosion. That's cool. But what is the secret to, to galvanizing this many people? What can you share to people? How do, How do you do it?
2: I feel like people in this area really do care about the waterways, right? So there is that common denominator of everyone that we work with sees the importance of the water. And they also see that the water trail was regional, right? It was bringing people together. And it was a lot of time in meetings, not going to lie, working with, you there know, you volunteer, That's
1: what we hear. <laughs> volunteer township
2: <laughs> boards, right, to understand the concept of what a water trail is, what their role is, what our role is, how it would help the community, right? And so there was a lot of that between myself and the board and, right, you know, just the foot leg to make that
1: happen. How do you so. stay motivated during all this? Because I, I, I'm guessing, again, I wish this was a visual medium because the, the joy on your face is palpable, but there must have been tough times. So, how do you let off the steam? How do you stay motivated during a process like this?
2: Well, you know, it's eye, eye on the ball, right? Never, everybody's eye not going to rise. Everybody's not going to agree, wow. but I firmly believe they'll eventually come around. Do you I thrive think it's the right in some thing. of the
1: conflict in a way? Not conflict, in some of the pushback. Is it more fulfilling in a way?
2: No, um, I'm not when I'm, it's a
1: little tougher, or would you prefer it just be nice and easy? Year, we're done.
2: I would love for everything to be easy. I'm okay. not a I am not I I don't like conflict. I want everybody to be happy.
1: I just wanted to ask a silly question because some people you may have been like, Yeah, I like <laughs> a little bit of tension, a little bit of pushback. Yeah. As a punk rocker, as a kid, you know. And yeah,
0: <laughs> if you're an advocate, sometimes yeah, you want the fight.
1: I, I well, you know, I we I found that's a consistent trait. Some people have something about their their childhood. Uh, you know, about them that makes them a little bit of a rebel, makes them a little bit of like, I thrive in that pressure. I thrive in that space. But you're somebody who can see the end goal. And when you see the end goal, are you seeing the things around it? Are you seeing yourself celebrating? Are you seeing celebrating with your team? Are you seeing giving that interview saying we did it? Or do you just see something else?
2: I see people utilizing the resource, Right. I see people out on the water. I see people going, looking at the sign, picturing where they're gonna go, making their plan, and being able to go out and experience what we have to offer up here. And that's what I see.
1: That was amazing. That got me. That was really that was really lovely. I mean, you know, what motivates people to do this and to give their time on something that that may not succeed. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because It's possible that we may not have this trail. It is true. You know, there's 12 lakes, a bunch of different counties. How real was it in your mind that this could not succeed and I'm going to have to spend five years doing something else? And it wasn't the only thing you were doing.
2: For sure. It was not the only thing. But I'll be honest, I never thought that it wasn't going to work. I just. Oh my God! So it 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 it, it, it does depend because right we are talking these accesses sites to go from one place to another. You have to have continuity between these different townships. So you're right. Had one of those townships right that has a section of like 20 miles of shoreline said no, then we would have had a really large gap in, and we wouldn't have this continuous water trail. You'd that have we to do. bring out
1: that Chicago and you you know talk to them old school. <laughs> What can we do to make this? And not saying that that yeah. that would happen, but it's it could be that it could fragile, be fragile
2: for sure, right? And it and way. it still is, right? Like these are relationships that we have to continue. Still to, is. What,
1: what, Can you not, elaborate on that? Not
2: that it, it. We depend on these relationships to continue, in in that aspect. I don't think any of them are tenuous. Right, I, I think right. we have. But it really does take that continued effort and commitment from those local governments whose boards change every year or every few years. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. To stay present, to let them know, like, this is really important to the region and we need to continue to do this and have these relationships. And we depend on you to make this regional asset a reality.
0: And I think it does just take a special kind of person that has that belief that, like, it it is going to work. Like, you can't. Can you instill
1: that into others? I mean, you do it. You know, Mark, oh, I, um, I try. Really? I mean, well, you know, as as a leader and as as somebody who is is in the community, you know, and people talk about you, people like you, you know, but how do you imbue that in your team? It's not just you and you are in and, and any interview. You're the last person you thank. I guess you wouldn't, but I'll thank you. Thank you. But how do you instill that kind of belief in your team? in your teams and your partners because you have to get even probably people who aren't on board on board
2: it's just i i don't know it's just the excitement i share the passion right that we have that i have that my board has right in making this a reality and there is so many other people who are supportive and see the the benefits of the water trail how it helps accessibility how it helps the stewardship of the water trail, right? How it helps the tourism and right. how we're integrating all of those assets and, yeah, yeah, making it happen.
1: Well, Rotary Park. Yeah. This is a big deal. Big deal. I, yeah. I think everybody's smiling about this long time coming. And it's a part of a $65 million, uh, $65 million in ARPA funds, which is great. What, what I think is interesting about this is the Michigan Sparks grant program. And sure. are, are you able to articulate a little bit on that? Because it, it is a, a program that helps address communities who find barriers in accessing this kind of funding, right?
2: It was. So this is really unique funding for the state of Michigan. So A, it is zero match. So that hasn't happened, right? There's always a match. Thankfully, with this project, we had a match. But there were a lot of other organizations who got funding that didn't have to have a match. And that's huge. Um And it was focused on, right, disadvantaged communities, people who don't typically get that kind of funding. So the hoops that people had to jump through to get the funding was a lot less, which was, it's just a great asset. And what they found, though, was we were one of 21 organizations that got the grant. There were over 400 applications. So the need is huge. Right. And so they were able to see that there is this huge need for this kind of funding yeah. and they they're sixty five million dollars.
1: How do you approach that 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 mindset? You know, you, you know, you've done this long enough and you've been around and you know that there's a lot of competition mm-hmm. for this. Is this another thing where your eyes were on the prize and you were unwavering in the success or were you a little less confident in this one?
2: I was less confident. I okay. knew that there was going to be a lot of really good projects. In there, right? And so I give DNR all the credit in the world to try and pick twenty one. Yeah, and out it is a
0: DNR led
1: allocation. Yes. Would you say? And it that's was. that's interesting to know. Yeah, because that's a wonderful partnership in in the state. When when you got the news, how, how do you get news like this? I'm so fascinated. You can clearly tell I'm just trying to crawl in your brain and see the day in the life. But how uh, how did you celebrate? And how do you get news like this? Like we got we got it, or is it over time?
2: It was. This was a unique one, so they sent out a press release to before they announced to the people who got the grants. So I was I was actually on a Zoom with Rotary Charities, and oh, my email was blowing up, and I'm like, you know, Kristen, I really don't want to be, you know, disrespectful, but my email is <laughs> blowing up, and it's all about Spark. And so the first email I saw You're was Julie Clark, right? <laughs> and So you've seen subject lines on the bottom, and so. Julie Clark sent me a note and she's like, Congratulations, car trails. -trails Wow. Sent me a congratulations. (laughs) And so I went back to Krista and said, Well, apparently we have met our fundraising goal and which was the purpose of the call.
1: (laughs) So Well, that's a pretty nice movie moment right there. Like my emails blowing up. I'm seeing I'm seeing subject lines. Was there a song going in your head in the background? Or if you could put a soundtrack to that moment, what song would you put to it
0: right now? Great question. Way to put it on the spot. You said this was an I got you. I, I,
1: I, I did. <laughs> and we we can we can edit that out if you want. <laughs> but th- this project, there there are a lot of firsts as it relates to this project. And if you don't mind putting y- yourself into the headspace of the, the term accessible. Accessible, what does it mean to you in general? Because I don't think there's just one word or one way to describe it. So accessibility and some of the firsts. Can you talk to that in this project?
2: Yeah, so... Accessibility to me and is really so everyone can use it, right? So it's not um, for just people in wheelchairs, right? It's everyone. It's the um, people with small kids, the elderly, people with other kind of disabilities, right? Anybody can go to this access site and feel comfortable and welcome and it to be as easily as we could make it possible. So that was kind of what we were thinking. How can we at least make this as easily used by everyone. Um, And so for first though, um, I am really excited about the first. And so one of the first is this, the first non-motorized permanent wash stations, which is a lot of words.
1: You did very well. In the state of Michigan.
2: (laughs) So protecting our waterways from invasive species, super important to us and to all, a lot of people. And so there are motorized wash stations, but this, that have certain rules, but there aren't any non motorized wash stations. And so, this is the first non motorized wash station in Michigan so people can clean, drain, and dry their boats, their kayaks, canoes, or paddle boards before and after they enter our waterways.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. And well, you know, invasive species, th- those are one of those little things that contribute and contribute. And your website is fantastic. And, and I'm always really fascinated about. You know, you can get information on this project um, and, and you have a lot of resources. How do you decide what kind of resources to give to people? Because you're very kind. The, the Paddle Antrim website is great um, and it's got a lot to share. And you need that to educate, but how do you decide how much to, to give to people? You're very altruistic with, with the information you get.
2: Um, it, it's a balance, right? What is too much and what is too little? Thankfully, I have Ellie in our office who kind of handles helping ensure that we have it look nice and we have a good balance, right? And right. it's also getting feedback from people you know, mm-hmm. on what's working for them and what's not working for them.
1: So. Yeah. And you have a win like this. You have a lot of things you have to do to, to ramp up to it. There's a lot of things you have to do now. One thing that you have to do or maybe didn't have to do is, is gather public opinion. And I, I would love because there's, you, you did uh, some great I- videos on the website, again, addressing the project. What is your approach to gathering public opinion? You know, it's something that I think can be very tenuous. And is there one way to do it or what is your way of doing it?
2: I love feedback. So I am always looking for people's input and thoughts, whether it's in small conversations as we're, you know, just chatting with people, you know, informally or I'm in town um, to going through public processes. So as part of this project, collaborating with the Village of Elk Rapids, there was a public process where Mm we invited as much input as we can. And we sought out certain stakeholders, right, that we knew were important and were as well. And, and met with them as well to ensure that we're looking at it holistically. I don't have all the answers at all, right? I, I depend on having lots of smart people around me to help inform and make really good decisions. Right.
1: So, But it, it's still, by the word, public opinion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's necessary. Sure. It's opinion. And, and lately, with 24-7 media, with social media, and that's something that you have to do. So like, how did you engage social media with this? How did you... Engage young people, you know. Was that an important part of it? You know, do you see the youth as a as influencers either through their parents?
2: For sure, um, and ensuring we're talking to, you know, people with kids. You know, I have young kids, right? So and so does Ellie, who works for me. And so engaging with that community and ensuring that we are making sure it's accessible for everybody and getting all of that feedback um, right. through personal. Right, there was social media. Right, there were public meetings. There were people who would just come and call us or email. And so we invited as much input as we can in all different avenues. Right. So
1: how do you prioritize input and feedback on something like this? Because it's not not just public input and there are all things that you have to factor. What is your process? How do you look at this positive or negative and how do you prioritize it?
2: Yeah. So, you know, we, this is a joint project with the village, right? So we sat down with Parks and Rec and went through every single comment. Um, honestly, um, in a parks and rec meeting, um, we generalized them, but right, but we categorized them and said, you know, went through each comment and how we could address it and what comment do we have a response. So for me, when I went through the process with the, in Washington, right, it really is a response to every comment, because I think every comment is valid and deserves some kind of response in how you're addressing it or why you are not addressing it in a certain way that they want, right. and I think every comment deserves that if you can. So,
1: well, it's just about being heard and being respected. And you know, you know, you're not going to change minds. Maybe you can just redirect them, like a current. Is that a good metaphor? Yeah. <laughs> that I don't think that worked very well. I apologize. What What is your key to staying zen through chaos? Because I'm sensing a, a good sense of calm in you and a, and a sense of adventure, but. From a business perspective, um, you have a lot to balance. You're in a small community; you can't hide. No. Um, you know, and, and you're aligned with small communities. You know, Traverse City is one that has a big spotlight on it all the time. And what's your key to, to to Zen? What's your key to peace?
2: Making sure that I balance. For me, it's balance between work and being out, and finding time to be by myself or with my kids and doing other things. So for me, it's just ensuring there's balance. So. I can set that down and kind of do my own thing and come back to it
1: right what are next steps you have rfps out and can you touch on kind of what's happening now even if it may seem like minutia that's not exciting
2: um yeah so the village and i have been meeting i have a meeting after this to go talk about what the next steps are it's getting a engineer on board officially um, and then everything will go out to bid um, right. And so timing is hopefully to have stuff in the ground by twenty twenty four. That's our goal. So we'll see.
1: That's exciting.
2: It is exciting.
1: A lot of partners involved. For sure. What what are traits you look for in an optimal partner from from a business standpoint as executive director to you? What are something what are maybe a must have right. when you're looking at partners? When
2: we're looking at partners, we're ensuring that they have that they align with our mission, right? That we are focusing on things that we can both agree to. So we may not agree on everything all the time, and nobody ever does, right? But when we work on projects, when we're working with our partners or collaborators, right, we're aligning on certain things that we can all, all agree to.
1: Right. But Is there anything just unique, e- even if it's uh, something that is special to you, like it need this needs to be here, orange has to be in their logo? <laughs>
2: uh, you know what? We have a diverse number of partners. And yeah. so whether it's from Watershed or Safety yeah. and... So I you, just you'll consider for the even
1: non-traditional partners sure. that just have a fit, you know. I, right, have a I, I'm fit. curious about you know somebody who gets a chance, somebody young who has a startup, somebody who who just wants to be in this, and the fact that you're open, you know, to maybe even a non-traditional partner who wants to help, right? You know somebody who just wants to be a part and, and volunteers.
2: I, I was going to say, or maybe in volunteer that looks like it's leaning more into a volunteer okay.
1: role. Yeah, awesome. And even with initiatives like. The Elk Rapids Rotary Park Initiative volunteers, you know, I'm sure we're a part of it. What are the best traits of a volunteer for you?
2: Also people who are passionate about our work. And they are. The people that we have who volunteer are passionate about our work or our waterways and really care. And so yeah. they're flexible. They, I, we have the kindest, most amazing volunteers in the world.
1: That's amazing. You are a level two coastal kayaking instructor and you're certified by the American Canoe Association which you know and being on the water and we've we've you know skirted around a couple of things you know being on the water is is key there are missions uh the uh the stand-up paddle that uh that was raised money yeah. stand up for charity uh joe short was a part of was an awesome video I, I, everybody should watch that video it's so compelling um how many people are typically safe and prepared on our waterways
2: it's a great question uh- Probably less than you to be expected. And it depends on what you consider level of safe. So for us, we require everyone to wear a life jacket. For me, that is like a no-brainer. There's no reason not to have a life jacket on. Um, And so we're, we're a little strict on that, not going to lie. And I'm not like, trying what? to get too heavy because
1: you have to get into <laughs> right. rule mode sometimes. I do. But I, you know, um, I, I think about that. And, and it's, you know, don't kayak. Alone or it's not right. advised, you know, how many people, if you look, are really prepared?
2: For sure, right or understand the risk. This is why we do intro classes because I feel like everybody should have that basic level of like, aha, these are these are what I should know. This is what happened if I'm in my kayak and it flips over, this is what happens, right? Just right. those basic things. and every time I do a class, I love it because there's always that aha moment with Someone, I was like, Oh, interesting, yeah, love it. I love in, in the classes. clothing to
1: wear for sure, even though it's June, the water temperature. Because I don't go in the water here until August, at least I, I've been here long enough to. I guess that's a, a local trait now that you know.
0: My wife and her friends, they've been going out all winter long. Wow, I they're, mean, they're I've done the polar in, plunge, big but I've got cold won't. dip now. That's and awesome. I'm like,
1: Ooh. and speaking of dips, and we talked about this um, off with mic, Ryan August, well, and, and you do. You're adventurous, Yeah. and I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised that your wife does that. I wouldn't be surprised if you did that. Um, but, I've done
0: I've done a plunge before, but, but see. not not like for the health benefits and the like. Oh no, to raise money. Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. But that's a part of it, and you know, events are a part of things. The Paddle Antrim Festival mm-hmm. is something that you said we're we're known for as an event, and and that's you know, that's not all you're known for. But it is a cool thing and it yeah. generates a lot of excitement. So what's happening with it? Because I know previously, you know, you were focused on getting more local participation. I know at one point about 75 percent mm-hmm. of participants were not local, which can be seen as really cool, yeah. you know, because think of all the competition for things to do in town from former you know, Chicagoans like us, mm-hmm. for example. Um, so what's happening with the event?
2: So we are gearing up for our eighth year. So last year we had our largest number. We had over 200 people come out and join us. So awesome. to watch 200 people launch off a beach <laughs> is just an awesome sight. I love seeing it every time it right. still makes me excited. Um, and so we are looking forward to another great year. Um, we had our first paddleboarders go with the entire 42 miles this past year um yeah Some so poor, okay poor so why
1: is that a unique or why is that a new development to so, it just curious for people who may not yeah so
2: paddle boarding's harder there's yeah. you just work so much <laughs> just, harder yeah. and so most people most of our paddle boarders go like seven miles they do the first little bit and they're good they enjoy the event seven um, miles but,
1: even oh my god
2: right so 42 over two days it was amazing in a headwind on torch like
1: well okay you just kind of nonchalantly brush that event off mm-hmm. Because what do you have to do to make that happen? What's your life like around and during that event?
2: It is it is a pretty intense time, but it is an exciting time, right? To have 200 people join us for two days. There's festivities Thursday night. People paddle all day on Friday. There's another festivity Friday night for them. They paddle again on Saturday, and then shorts throws a huge event for us Saturday night. So it is a just an intense time of being on the water for others, me watching people on the water, right. making sure they're safe, um, and just being on and enjoying. <laughs> so it's a little people. stressful
1: well, because when y-
2: people are on the water, I'll be honest, I'm a little stressed.
1: True, true, but there there is there's something about <clears throat> the sound of water. Sure. Is that I don't know if that's uh, ubiquitous across the board, but I know a lot of your video, any starting with the sound of water. Mm-hmm. You're you're good. So, is it maybe a good tip for any young people because pre- presenting, presenting skills? Would you say start every presentation with a minute of just lapping water, and the audience will do anything you ask?
2: I've never tried would that. that? Be... That's a great <laughs> opportunity for if to you try think about that, the psychology yeah, behind
1: right? it. Because again, and, and I, I've watched a lot of videos uh, <laughs> in general for this podcast and others. I've noticed a trend. The sound of water gets me into a very pliable state.
2: For sure. And it does for me, right? I love being out on the water. So, which, yeah.
1: What would be, you know, the, the, the next big, you know, you're thinking about the next big thing. Do you already have the five-year thing down the road that you're sure is going to happen right now in your head?
2: So we're working on working with the different, because the water trail, putting it in, obviously, right, was a big deal. Um, but we really think these access sites are a big part of improving it holistically, and there's definitely some improvements we're hoping to do with some of our partners along the water trail as well. So right. working with the different communities. So I we don't have one specific one that we're like already geared up and you know funded and engineered yet. But yeah, our goal is to continue to work but with if our there's partners. Something
1: big out there. Anybody yeah. would like to just give to you money included that you'd be open to. Always along aligned with the mission and. When you look at the things that you have to do to justify the initiatives, things of that nature, you talk about impact. You have to talk about economic impact, tourism impact. Does that get a little tense at times? Because that seems to sometimes when you talk about tourism or more people to the area, it gets a little contentious. But it's all good because people exposed to the water... Is a good thing for us?
2: I think people exposed to the water is a good thing for us, right? And bringing in people into quiet sports is usually a little less controversial, I'll be honest, with, you know, the people who live along the water as opposed to bringing in a really big motorized boat race or something, right? Right, 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 right. It's a different kind of people. It's like, you know, people walking or biking, And there are
1: recognized competitions for stand-up paddle, for kayaking, You're an award winner that's named after a kayaker. You have your name on a brick outside the statue in Lansing. We'll leave that as a question mark in case anybody wants to look that up. I think that's fascinating. (laughs) You've been quoted by saying, we believe when people are engaged on the water, they will work to protect our water quality as well as our nature, plants, and animals. Did that do you remember saying that? Did Does that did that come naturally? I mean, it really it, it sums up a lot of, I believe, what you're trying to do and who Patalantrum is. Um, I think that's pretty profound. Why do you say that?
2: It's that connection, right? When people I really, truly believe this, when people are connected, right, when they're out in nature, when you see the big tree, right, when you're, you know, if you're hiking out or you see the mountains when you're out west, right, it's that connection to nature that. You're like, oh, my God, this is amazing and we should protect this. Right. How do you not want to protect something when you're out inside and just appreciating it?
1: And you feel that it, it your statement says it, it extends. You, you mm-hmm. didn't stop with this amazing series of trails and water and that we need. I mean, we can throw all the science out there. How much of us is water? It's not a given that we need it or it'll always be there. But you say that that love for the water starts to even cascade out to animals, to mm-hmm. maybe even other people. How about that?
2: I think so. Like you right? could take You're that paddle and community. then all of a sudden.
1: Right. Maybe dad's not so bad.
2: Right. And there's that community, right, that you build around. Because I really think that the water trail and paddling helps build that community.
1: Right. I, I think about things that organizations need. I think about what you might need as an organization. Um do you know who the most supportive paddling or water president is, technically? Do, do you have a favorite president who, who loves water?
2: I, I don't have a favorite president.
1: I, I, do I, you I know wanted, who would be well, the best president you, you, with water? I Well, <laughs> in 1974, Jimmy Carter took a uh, a long open canoe uh, trip on the Chattooga River, ultimately leading to its preservation uh, uh, from dam activity. Okay, not like damn activity, but literal damn activity. Um, And and that's it. I I think we don't have any. Any presidents or any any politicians states people who are out there stand up paddling or kayaking. I'm just curious as to whether that comes up in the office ever. Like the celebrity spokesperson, who would be your optimal celebrity spokesperson? Something like that.
2: I, I, I will. We're gonna have to. We'll have. Can
1: we get you know? Because on that one, (laughs) you know, get people more on the water. I mean, you see a a first lady, a first person, whoever it may be, out there stand up paddling. I just feel that that's
0: lost. Yeah, that's a challenge. Why
1: is that not happening? Why? Because it is great for your health.
0: Local officials. That you know, no. out on the river, do an interview.
1: For sure. Do a politician do an interview while stand up paddling. Yeah. You know, oh
0: yeah, right. You know, let's, a
1: lot of people are like, let's hike an interview, stand up paddling interview. That
2: that would be You're like right. we've I, and I've done some paddle meetings. I have.
1: You have. I have. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. That's where that whole thing because was really going.
2: right because why wouldn't you go out on the water and I have yeah and paddle and chat. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. A paddle and chat, and finally, I have a question that I just need to ask you: How can listeners support? Donate, volunteer. What do you need most, please?
2: We would love more people to engage and learn about us, whether it is coming out and volunteering with us, coming out on a paddle to learn about us, obviously donating and supporting our cause, right? We are.
1: And you can donate directly on the website.
2: You can. We have a big donate button on our website, right? We are supported by individuals and within the community, right? That is how we support our work.
1: And the website is PaddleAntrim.com. That's P-A-D-D-L-E-A-N-T-R-I-M.com. Correct. Did I pronounce that right? (laughs) You got it. (laughs) It's going to be on my mind forever. (laughs) Forever now. Whenever I see you, I'm going to say, did I pronounce that right? Hopefully that won't be obnoxious. Is there anything else that uh, you would like to share with uh, with us, our listeners? Anything important to you right now? Things that uh, you want people to know?
0: No,
2: we are grateful for the support that we have in the community and excited to continue to do great stuff.
1: Well, you are doing great stuff. I personally, I know it's not, you know, it's not about us, but I want to thank you because the water is a huge, huge part of me and my family's life and us being healthy. And so really important to us too. So thank you for what you do here in our community and all these communities. And thank you so much for your pursuits and all those who are pursuing along with you. Protecting our water and related resources by using paddle sports to connect everyone to the beauty of our waterways. Did that sound okay? That sounded awesome. I, I, I really love that one because I just, I think that what you do is lovely. I wanted to honor you with that you. little ending. And to all of our listeners and to you, Mr. Mark, thank you for listening and being here. And thank you for pursuing the positive.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Pursuit of Podcast, the Pursuit of Paddle Antrim. Dina Jarrity, we want to give you a big thank you for coming in and sharing your mission, all the work you do. Paddle Antrim, improvements to the Elk Rapids and Rotary Park, now fully funded. For more information and to get involved, go to PaddleAntrim.com, learn about Opportunities to donate and support to help improve access and to protect the water quality of our lakes and rivers. Learn about events, classes, and other ways you can get involved with Paddle Antrum. PaddleAntrum.com. And as always, for all things audio, video, podcast related, talk to us at NewLeonard.com. See you next time.